listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'm excited about our guest today, but before I talk about him and our topic, one thing I wanted to share with you is this. I take podcasting very seriously, and one thing that means a lot to me is the feedback that I receive from you. Thank you for that. I appreciate the reviews that we've received on this podcast, and I want you to know we put a lot of time and energy and heart into creating something that gives you value. The one thing I can't stand when I listen to a podcast is wasting my time with nothing to show for it. If I listen to a show and if I don't get some value in the first five minutes out of it, I'm done. I'm moving on. And that's my goal for you is to give you something that gives you immediate value. So I'm not going to waste your time anymore. Let me get right to it with this particular episode. And I'm excited about this one because we have someone who is unique and also has a lot of credibility in the world of high-level selling. His name is Bob Marsh. Bob is a keynote speaker, and he's a sales expert in high-level sales. He spent his career in sales and sales leadership. He's been a sales leader and CEO at two category-creating companies. He's raised millions in venture capital. He's sold two companies. So even if you're not in, quote, sales, but you're in business development, he's someone you can still learn from. Our topic today is selling with simplicity. There are some real nuggets in this conversation that I promise will make a difference in how you look at your business and how you sell your services to your prospects. Make sure you connect with Bob. We put all of his links on the show notes. We've got his LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and website links all there. Wherever you listen to the podcast, go to the show notes and connect with them there. Also, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, legal intelligence suite of products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And one more thing, if you're in the recruiting industry, make sure you check out this link to go to my Las Vegas conference where I'm doing a two-day masterclass for people in the recruiting industry. It's recruitingisagame.com. We put that link on the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Bob Marsh. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our special guest today is Bob Marsh, and we're talking about selling with simplicity. Bob, thanks for joining me on the show. Scott, thanks so much. Great to be here. I love the name of your podcast. Like, oh, who thank you. love the idea of Rainmaker, right? Like, it's yeah, just great. Yeah. And that's what I realized when I started this a few months ago, or a few months, few years ago, three years ago. It was kind of like, hey, let me just put on a show. And what do people care about? They care about getting business. Everybody wants that. And finding people like you, I get a front row seat from the smartest people in the world in the area of sales and client development like you. And so I appreciate you being on here and really adding value to our listeners and all that. And so let me ask you this. We talk about selling with simplicity. Why do you think that right now that is an important thing for those in business development to keep top of mind? We live in a complex world. And, you know, you think about how new technology coming at us every day, things that intimidate us, things that just, it's like unrelenting. It's just constantly new technology, information at us left and right, all kinds of data points. Like, do I trust it? Do I not trust it? You got scammers, you've got like, you know, all this coming at us, right? Easy access to information. I can go Google, do whatever I want or pull open chat GPT, all this. Combine that with weakening attention spans, like you and I, we can all appreciate that, right? Like, and then you think, look at what's happened. Like, I got three screen, four screens in front of me right now. Yeah. Like, it just stuff's coming at us. 
and it's it's eroding our attention spans. But here's the thing. That's always happened in all of human history. Attention spans have just continued to decline a little bit because there's more information coming at us. And our brains learn how to focus in on what matters. So, you know, we just, it continues to adapt itself. And neuroscientists study this, we learn to adapt. The point is you put all this stuff together and it makes it more important that how do we stand out with all that? If we know that our buyers are distracted and their attention spans are dwindling, mm-hmm. how can I communicate in a way that's very clear and succinct and simple to understand? Because that allows them to make decisions faster and ideally make more decisions in your favor. Yeah, interesting. So let me ask you this. With your expertise, you've come in out of big organizations doing professional, high-level B2B sales. Do you think that people that are sophisticated executives in big companies, do you think they're even more distracted than, let's say, owners and entrepreneurs of smaller businesses? What do you think about that? I think everyone's distracted. (laughs) I would say, I do think that there's some people that are better at staying focused and organizing their time. And, you know, if you're a leader, you, you know, if you're at least if you're any good at it, like you learn the importance of things like active listening and being engaged. Like, so there's certain people that I think are better at it than others. But like, here's the thing, like we all hear this phrase and kind of laugh about it. Everybody says, I'm so busy, right? Like everybody feels that. And whether you're the CEO of a fortune 500 company you run a school district or you're the parent of an active family, a young family, like we're all busy. Yeah. The question is, how do you kind of focus on the things that are going to really maximize the impact and make a difference? So so this whole topic of like selling with simplicity is that I don't care who you are. Like you've got to have a clear, succinct message and what a wonderful way to be able to stand out from everybody else. Because I, I would tell you, most people don't get this, which is why we get all these crummy prospecting emails that are like, you know, three pages long and have filled with superfluous commentary. And like, it's just, it's getting worse. So you know, to me, it's an opportunity to stand out uh, yeah. pretty easily. Okay, good. So help me break that down. If we were to look at all the components of the concept of selling with simplicity, where do you think we should start? So in my speaking that I do, like I kind of really have broken this down into four primary categories. And, and really what this is about is is that um, getting a better understanding of the mind of the buyer and what they're looking for. Okay, so is that so, one of the categories, understand the mind of the buyer? It's not, I would say like, okay. but if you zoom out and say selling with simplicity is about understanding how people make decisions. So that's kind of the, it's kind of setting the stage. Okay. So there's four categories. First, I call noise canceling confidence. And what this is all about is that we often get in our own way more than customers are getting in our way. Right. And so what I mean by that, and I, when I call it noise canceling confidence. So there is, I think it was in 1978, Dr. Amir Bose was on a flight from the U.S. back to Switzerland. And he put in the, remember the, remember the headphones you put in? You have like, yeah, that's right. the thing. <laughs> and like, you know, they only worked on the plane and like, they weren't very good. And you had like eight channels to choose from. <laughs> so anyway, so the point oh, is man, like, that goes way back. That's funny. Uh, isn't that crazy? So <laughs> anyway, he gets on, he puts on his speakers and he's like, man, these sound terrible. And so he's a trained audio engineer. He pulls out his notebook and starts designing what 10 years later became the world's first commercially available noise-canceling headphones. Mm. And so I bring up this analogy because what he was trying to, the way, you know, the way noise-canceling headphones work is there's a little speaker in there. It listens, or a microphone, it listens for noise coming from the outside. Right. Electronics create reversed sound waves to so then cancel those sounds out and send them through the speaker 
to kind of negate the noise so you can enjoy the music you're trying to listen to. Okay. And good. so the analogy that I make here is that there's a lot of noise in our own heads that gets in our own way. And if we could just cancel out that noise, it would allow us to kind of deliver and communicate with more confidence. So, you know, the, the idea, there's, a, there's fascinating research on this about how people are twice as likely to say yes to our requests than we give ourselves credit for. And so you think about that, customers are influenced by our confidence, our willingness to speak up, the way that, and the way that we carry ourselves. So the whole idea of noise-canceling confidence is, is, it, is it to get out of our own way. And when you carry yourself with confidence, you look like a professional, you carry yourself like a professional, you communicate and look someone in the eye, you ask good questions, you're confident. It makes the customer feel more confident in you, which therefore kind of builds trust and makes it more likely for them to want to make a purchase decision from you. So interesting. So like a full cycle one. almost, you know, full cycle. It's not like Jedi mind tricks is what you're saying. No, not at all. Like that's just about, you know, put yourself in a buyer's shoes. Like if someone carries themselves around a little bit dumpy, they don't look you in the eye. They kind of act like, you know, oh, I'm not sure. Like, what do you want to do? You know, like suddenly I don't feel confident. And by the way, you might have the greatest product, the most perfect solution for me. But the way that if you're carrying yourself in a way that you don't look like someone that knows what they're talking about, you don't carry yourself like someone that knows what they're talking about, then it doesn't make me feel comfortable. And I look at that as what a shame for the buyer. Because now the buyer isn't getting what they really want and what they need. Even if your company has the best option, you're getting in the way of the buyer getting what they need. And really, when you break it down, you know, as sellers, you know, what's our role? Our role is to help other people be successful. Right. We're the conduit. And so suddenly, if my company's got the best solution, the buyer really needs something, but my own kind of self, you know, self kind of pity or things that I'm worried about or the way that I carry myself is getting in the way. Like what a shame. So that's kind of like your point. It's not a mind trick. It's like, that's how people make decisions. So like this yourself matters. Yeah. So let me, let me just confirm when you say noise canceling confidence, you're saying that our confidence that we show to our prospects, those people from whom we want to earn trust, that actually helps cancel that noise. It's in their head. Is that correct? In their head and in your, my point is that is that we have a lot of the, with noise in our own heads Yeah, let, that gets in the way of us carrying ourselves and making the customer feel confident. So, yes. yeah. Right. Got it. Got it. That's interesting. So how do we Im- improve that confidence? What have you seen that works with people that you've coached to improve yeah. that confidence? I would tell you that there, there's a couple things. One is I found that simple awareness of what we just talked about is probably the biggest mover. So realizing that, you know, geez, did I, did you know that, you know, we, we tend not to speak up if we, if we have awareness of that, we become, cause as human beings, we just do it. Like this is a natural human thing. Like I question myself, I was talking to my sister this morning and she's like, I'm totally doubt, doubting myself on something, but if I wish I would sort of trusted my instincts, yeah. we got to trust our instincts. And when we carry ourselves in a certain way. So the other thing I, I would tell someone as they're trying to improve on this is that to really start looking at yourself and saying, Am I carrying myself in a way that exudes confidence? Not arrogance, because that's super annoying. Right, <laughs> like, right. Am I carrying myself in a way that would make the customer feel confident in me? And how does that come across? The way we dress, yep. the way we look at someone in the eye, communicating with clarity, preparing and planning ahead of time. What do I want to say? What do I want to accomplish? Like That allows you 
to communicate with confidence. And that simple little twist in mindset, I think makes a big difference. So let me, let me ask you this. And this is something I've advised people before that when you're dealing with a high-level prospect, somebody that's the chairman of an international organization, my own thinking, and I want, to, I want to hear what you think about this, is to talk to that person as if they're an equal. Don't talk up to them. Don't say Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith. Don't say yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Say Bob. Say yes, yes, Joe. This is what you should do. And then even don't being not being afraid to give pushback, saying things like, can I make a suggestion? You know, leading them forward. What, what do you think about that concept? It's so funny that you say that. It's so funny you say that because I actually, there's something that I, that I communicate, I call the, uh, that I, I see so often is what I call the subservient mindset. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's this mindset that as a seller, that I'm subservient to the buyer. I'm, I'm less than. Yeah. You need yeah. to kind of be more like, no, I'm an equal. Absolutely. When it comes to my topic, my area of expertise, they're lucky to have me here. Yeah. Like that I actually bring, have something of value that I can bring to my customer. And if I believe that, then, you know, that I can do it. So, so to your point, like such a pet peeve of mine when someone's like, Mr. This, Mrs. That, like what you're doing is you're just, it's well-intentioned, right? Yeah. It's well-intentioned. I'm trying to be respectful. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to do the whole thing. I'm trying to say like, Hey, I'm here at your service. I totally understand the rat, the thinking behind it, but it's a mistake. But it's a mistake because you're immediately setting the tone that I'm beneath you and I'm here to, and I'm, you know, I'm like a servant of you. And that is not what we want to do. Yeah, like you've yeah. got to be there as like, you're lucky to have me again, not arrogant. You got to exactly. be careful. Like I am the expert. I'm here to help you. I don't understand your problem. And by the way, I'm also confident enough to tell you, like, I can't help you or yeah. you don't need me. Mm-hmm. So being confident like that, like that, that's, that's what it means. So yes, that subservient mindset is very dangerous. Again, well-intentioned, but it just gets in your way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's very, very similar, almost word for word, similar to think, the way I've taught people. I call it a thought model. This is a thought model. You know, who needs who? Whoever needs it the least always wins, but we know that they need you just as much as you need them. Mm-hmm. And one exercise I did in my own journey was I struggled with overconfidence and insecurity at the same time, <laughs> you know, and really I had, I had to grow uh-huh. through that and it was arrogance covering up for insecurity. And then really, yes. you know, what, what helped me with that, Bob, which is interesting was doing homeless ministry where I would, uh, through our parish, I would minister to homeless people, which is just going to the service and becoming friends with them and remembering their name and listening to them and treating them as an equal. And what I learned by treating them as an equal, that was the same way that I would treat chairman of international law firms as a peer. And I found that that helped me earn confidence from high level prospects and from people that might not have everything going on in their life. And it also helped me know that when I'd see people on the street, I'd say that person and I were on the same level. The only difference is I had a mom and dad that said they love me every day. And, you know, and that's pretty much it. I just made different decisions. And so I think that helped kind of growing in that confidence. And I really, really like how you say that is noise canceling confidence. And I like that that is an asset that people in business development and sales can use. And yeah. that's just the first of four categories. And, and, you know, and we're, yeah. and you we know, probably won't have time to get through all four of them. I, I know, it's, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a great topic. But I, I think that in itself, I think will make this show really valuable for everybody listening. So, so tell me this, selling with simplicity, what's another important component that you feel people should know about? Yeah. So again, there's four of them. I, you know, let me touch on a couple, but let's go a little deeper on one of the sure. other ones. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, so another one is called what I call make the putt. I'm a golfer. 
mm-hmm. playing competitively, high school, college, like I love <laughs> And like what I observe, and I sold retail, I sold golf equipment retail store when I was in uh, in, in college, and like I was pretty good at it. So anyway, one of the things I that I laugh about still to this day, and I learned when I was selling golf equipment, is how people spend money. Are you a golfer? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. Every week. So, like so you know what happens? Like we we go try to spend money on like the you know really expensive equipment, thinking it's going to make a difference. You see people trying all these crazy contraptions. We see kind of ads about them all the time, like try this new technique or this new like tool that you can kind of strap yourself into and try to improve <laughs> your game. And like, I just laugh because like the, the if you think about it and, and you probably know this, you, you know, you play, say you play once a week, like what's the fastest way to drop strokes? Uh, putting. Putting. Yeah. So why do we spend all this time yeah. on like a five to seven to $800 driver or the right kind of irons, like just make a couple more putts. That's right. Yeah, like, half the strokes are with the, with one club. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And so, like you know, you always think about like how is it? You think about how many times you've three putted a green, and you're like, I just went 400 yards in two shots, and it took me three shots to go like 20 feet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, the point of this topic or this area is that you need to get to the heart of what really matters to the customer, and really understand what's important really understand their needs. And that's the thing that you need to address. And so we get lost in like the surface level stuff. We don't get to the heart of what customers really need. So that's that's that topic. But the one I think we should maybe talk a little bit more about is something I call lead the journey. And so lead the journey is all about, you know, I view as sellers that are a big part of our role is like we are simply there to help the customer make a purchase. Yeah, right. Like we're not, the, so I think we got to stop selling in the kind of historic way. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to convince somebody I'm mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, this It's like, I no, I'm helping them make a purchase decision. Yep. Like that's it. And if you think of it like that, really our role as a seller is more like a shepherd leading a flock of sheep. Hmm. Like I am guiding someone through a process, but they have to make all these decisions on their own. I want to be there to help them think through it properly. That's great. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. So there's a, um, are you familiar with a, a store called Roadrunner Sports? No. Okay. So they've been around for 40 years. It is the number one seller of running and walking shoes in the world. Okay. There's not a ton of them. So a lot of people haven't seen it, but in, Jesus goes back like 15 years or so. I walked into a Roadrunner Sports. It was in Northern California. I just moved out there. I was living in Michigan and moved out. I only was there for a year. I'm like, oh, what a great time. I should take up running. Yeah, right. So, you know, I'm outside, enjoy the weather. Like, yada, yada, yada. So I walk into Roadrunner Sports and I walk up to the wall and there's like 80 pairs of shoes. And I'm thinking like, wait, isn't this just like a running store? Like how in the world are there this many options? So I'm standing there completely overwhelmed and gentleman walks up to me and he says, hey, it looks like you're, can I help you? And I said, well, you know, I, yeah, I want to get some running shoes, but like, I can't believe all these options. He's like, okay, well, let's talk about it and let's figure out what's right for you. I love that comment. Let's talk about it and figure out what's right for you. That's great. This is something we're going to do together. I'm not just going to try to sell you something. And by the way, they're not just phoning in. Like, I'm just here. Tell me what you want. Cause like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. So I said, okay, well, let's talk about this. He said, so you mentioned like, are you new to running? I said, yeah, you know, I've run a little bit, but I just moved out here and I want to, I want to take it more seriously. Okay. So my guess is that it sounds like you want to get the right pair of shoes, but you probably don't want to spend a lot of money because you're brand new to it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Okay. So now we've kind of nailed in a budget a little bit. 
He said, do you plan on running inside or outside? I said, well, definitely outside. I just moved out here. I want to be outside. It's enjoy the weather, et cetera. So I was thinking to myself, like, why did he ask that question? Like, oh, it probably has the type of shoe effects. So then the next question was, okay, so do you plan on running on the street, on a track, on a trail? I'm thinking like, huh, I see where he's going on this. That would affect the shoe, the type of tread that you might get. I said, well, yeah, I live in an apartment down the street. I'm just going to run down the sidewalk. You know, that probably do that. Maybe I'll run a trail. That sounds cool, but I never did. So he said, okay, let's go outside. Now I want you to take a light jog over that flagpole and come back to me. I'm like, well, this is interesting. So I did. I said, okay. Well, what I was doing, I was looking at how your foot struck the ground. Does it land on the outside and roll (laughs) in, the inside and roll out? Is it more neutral? It's called supination and pronation and different shoes are better for different types of runners. One way isn't good or bad, just different shoes. Do it again, Go, but I'm going to go to the side. Again, I'm looking for your foot strike on the heel, on the toe, more neutral. Again, it helps me understand you know, what shoe is right for you. And hey, by the way, I noticed as you were running, try to get your shoulders back a little bit more and take a shorter stride. It'll make you a more efficient runner. So nothing to do with the shoes I was going to buy. Giving you value. He's establishing himself as an expert and giving yep. me a piece of advice. Yeah, right. So we go back in. He says, okay. Here's the three shoes that are right for you. Try them on, see what you think, and let me know what you want to do. So here's the thing. He just walked me through this process to help me under, and but I was in control because I'm the one who gives him the answers. I'm the one who's guiding it. So he's these are the shoes that's right for me. But then ultimately, he relinquished all the control back to me. Yeah, and that's right. buyers, that's what we want. We want to be in control. He didn't say, here's the one shoe. Because that's, you know, it's, it's called single option aversion. If he gave me the one shoe that was perfect for me, all these voices in my head would be like, is that really the right one? I don't like how that looks. Is he really telling me the mm-hmm. truth? Or is that just the thing that has a monthly spiff? Like, I didn't want to spend that much. But all these reasons start yeah. getting in the way where he says, here's a few options. You decide. So the point is, is that as buyers, we want to be in control. But we also want someone to help guide us to the right decisions. But then ultimately, we have to have the confidence to say, hey, it's up to you. And I love the, the, the whole, there's all the science and everything around options. And I just love the idea of like, I'm going to help you narrow them down and help you understand why I narrow them down. But look at, I don't care. If you buy the low cost one, the most expensive one, doesn't matter to me. All I'm interested in is you getting what you want and you choose what's best for you, not me. That's great. That is good. I mean, there is so much depth into what you're saying. And that's something, it's almost like the things that you're saying are things that I've said to people to advise them on how to sell. And I've seen from my own experience that everything you're saying is absolutely spot on, Uh, especially when you're selling to people that get a lot of people trying to sell them stuff, right? People that have their walls up and they've got a lot to lose if they make the wrong decision. Those people, they want to be in control. It's up to them. And that reminds me of a phrase I heard Brian Tracy say years and years ago, you can decide for yourself. And I'll tell everybody when I'm recruiting candidates, I say, here's the options and you can decide for yourself. Even if you want to stay there, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Just be honest with me and tell Mm -hmm. me what you want. And people respond to that. And I like the way you said that. That's lead the journey. I think that's fantastic. Let me ask you this. I want to have you back on the show here in a few months because there's so much more we could talk about. But if you could take what you've shared with us and bring it down into three action steps, Bob, if people could, you know, C-spot run. I always like to keep things just like you say, keep it simple. And uh, if we could keep it simple for our listeners, three steps, three actions they can take to start this, what would you recommend? 
I would say I love the fact that you always close your show like this. That's great. I'd love to come back. I, we have plenty we could talk about. I would say number one is to really stop and ask yourself, where am I holding myself back? Where am I not speaking up that I should? And so really thinking about like, are there things that I'm doing that I'm not speaking up and either sharing it with my customer, with my boss, with my spouse, with my customer that like, I really believe are right or important and just start taking the little steps to start trusting yourself and speaking up a little bit more often. That's great. That's good. Number two, I would say to do again, your own self-reflection on how you carry yourself and how might you be communicating with other people that could be affecting their confidence in me and realizing that that is affecting their own decision-making. So Mm. it could be little things like, we talked about your grooming or your dress, you know, and I don't mean like, Hey, put on a suit every day. Like, cause then you're out of place. Like, but really think about that kind of thing. Am I, am I standing tall? Am I looking someone in the eye? Little things like preparing for your con. Maybe you do all those things, right? Preparing for your conversation. What do I want to talk about? What do I want to achieve at the end of this conversation? Those little steps allow you to communicate with more confidence and it comes off. So, so that self-reflection, how you carry yourself. Right. The third one is kind of what we just talked about, the lead the journey, is to reset your thinking about the customers in control and just let them be in control. Yeah. Help them be in control. And that the reality is that if you have that mindset that like the greatest sellers in the world, they don't actually think they can convince anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. They just know that they can help people make the right choices. Like I can't make somebody buy something, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what I can do is I can be an expert in my field and believe in it. And I can tell the customer, here's all the things that you should be thinking about because I talk to people like you every single day. That's what I do for a living. Here's the things that everyone should think about. It's your decision, but here's the thing. Here's your blind spots. Here's mistakes other people have made. Those are all the factors that you need to consider for yourself. And then realizing the customers in control, right. just make sure that they you're filling those blind spots for them to help them make the right decision for themselves, even if that means not working with you. But here's the thing. If you do that, they're going to work with you. Yeah, that's great, Bob. Well, Bob, this is great. You've given some great wisdom with immediate takeaways. Uh, tell us about your offerings. What do you do? What do you have? What would you like our listeners to know about how you can help them beyond this uh, this interview today? Sure. I appreciate that. So, you know, as uh, we talked about a little little bit ahead of time, so first of all, I'm an active chief revenue officer. So I'm in the trenches selling work and leading teams, you know, every single day, Uh, but the main area where where I might be helpful. So as I mentioned, I'm a professional speaker. I speak on the topic of customer experience, sales, Mm -hmm. leadership, growth, all through the lens of simplicity. So we touched on a little bit of that today. So, you know, companies hire me to come in, talk with their sales team, their marketing team, their leadership teams, their entire companies, and how to have this mindset of simplicity to help them grow faster. Um, so you can learn more about that. I've also got a very active blog at my website, meetbobmarsh.com. I also regularly am publishing thoughts and commentary and suggestions on LinkedIn. So you can follow me really simply at uh, I'm just Bob Marsh on LinkedIn. That's great, Bob. And we're going to put all the links and your LinkedIn link on the show notes. Everybody listening, make sure you go there wherever you hear the podcast so you can connect with Bob right away. Bob, like I said, I'd love to have you back on the show. Thanks for doing a great job for our listeners today. And thanks again for being a guest. Thanks a lot, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. 
For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.